of the Cover Zero podcast, the show where I cover the least in the best way possible. I'm your host, Jason Wells. Uh, yeah, preseason week one is in the books. I guess technically it's week two. I don't even know what you consider the Hall of Fame game at this point. Uh, we got a clearer picture of... Uh, clearer picture of what kind of to expect... Again, preseason doesn't answer many questions. There's not a lot of starters really playing. It's more to see the young guys, see the rookies, see what the development is like. Um, so yeah, this week's episode, we'll be covering the NFC and AFC West. It was a very good episode. We already recorded. We recorded it uh, basically as the episode dropped last week, I asked Spills and Cam, and those are the two guests, uh, both representing one team from uh, each conference there, the Niners and the Chargers, obviously. Uh, yeah, it was a fun one. This is going to be a very long episode, so I guess let's just get straight into the NFL Weekly Update. I'll also go over each preseason game with just kind of one little note I had from uh, each game. Before we get to the preseason talk, though, uh, we're going to start off on a bit of a sadder note here. Uh, former Seahawk, former Raven, former Razorback, Alex Collins has passed away at the very young age of 28. Just just really sad. This was a productive NFL running back. Seemed like a very good person. It's just sad. It's like not even hitting 30. He was just in the NFL. It sucks. It's sad. Uh, was almost a thousand yard back for the Ravens. Um, and he was asked how how he gets his quick steps, how he's, how his feet, how, how they're so good. Um, apparently he is an Irish step dancer. I saw a video of that circulating around online. Uh, very neat to see anyways. Uh, but yeah, the Irish step dancing king, Alex Collins, is with us no more. Uh, very sad day. Very sad. Um, let's get into some preseason talk, though. Um, starting off with the Houston Patriots game. Houston won 20-9. Uh, let's start off with some Texans talks. Uh, CJ Stroud threw a pick uh, on his one and only series, so obviously he is no good, he is a bust, he is cooked. Um, I'm obviously joking, but it's funny, because if you go on Twitter, people, unserious people, are making those takes. Um, Stroud finished the day 2 for 4 for 13 yards on his one interception. Uh, Wasn't much from him, we'll probably see more from him this week. My note from the Patriots, though, Malik Cunningham is definitely someone who we should watch out for, the former Louisville quarterback. Um, It looks like Bill is going to try to find his new Julian Edelman. He went 3-for-4 passing for 19 yards, but he also carried the ball five times for 34 yards and a touchdown. Uh, He just seems like a fun player. He's just a football player. I don't think he really has a position at this point. Uh, But just fun, someone to keep your eye out uh, if you're interested. 
Uh, next game up, we have the Vikings uh, with 13, Seahawks 24. Uh, my big takeaway from the Vikings was Jordan Addison had an absolutely incredible catch that did not count because obviously why would you throw a penalty challenge flag uh, in preseason? It really doesn't matter. I think it was a catch. That was excellent getting two feet in bounds. Great toe tapping from him. Love seeing that flash immediately. On the Seahawks side, uh, UDFA wide receiver tight end Jake Bobo uh, has been making headlines all around Seahawks camp. I saw something before the game where, oh, Jake Bobo went into the Vikings locker room and went up to Andrew Booth and being like, I'm going to cook you like today. Obviously, that wasn't happening. I thought that was true because I was like, I, I have no idea. And then I searched Jake Bobo on Twitter and... It seems like Seahawks Twitter is just in love with this guy. Uh, I mean, having a name like Jake Bobo definitely helps, but he was very productive for them in that preseason game. He finished with a stat line of uh, three catches for 55 yards and a touchdown. He played receiver at UCLA. Um, I think they're going to try to look to move him to tight end. Uh, the score has him listed as 6'4", around 210 pounds. Obviously, he'll need to put on a little bit more weight, but it's a just a fun name out of Seahawks training camp. Uh, next game up, we have the Giants 16, Lions 21. Um, honestly, I have nothing for the Lions. It is what it is. Uh, or no, nothing for the Giants, I'm sorry. Uh, for the Lions, my one thing is... Uh, ah, got it. Not going to say his first name right. Efeatu? Efeatu? Melanofonwu? Uh, you might uh, recognize the last name with Obi Melanofonwu. Uh, just an athletic freak. Didn't really work out for the Raiders there. Uh, this is his younger brother. He, for some reason, punted the football. Downed it inside the 20. Uh, good for him. He's listed as their safety. So, just kind of a weird preseason thing that happened. Uh... Next game up, uh, Steelers 27, Buccaneers 17. Uh, that Pickens to, or Pickett to Pickens throw and catch uh, for a touchdown was absolutely phenomenal. It was a f great pass by Pickett, really. He got it in between, I think like three defenders were in the area. And then Pickens, he's got that yak ability, grabs the ball, makes a defender miss, and he is gone. I am very excited to see what Pickens can do this year. I still think he's the best receiver of his draft class from last year. I got high hopes for Pickens. Uh, on the Bucks side, Baker Mayfield is going to be their starter. Um, Kyle Trask just isn't it. I think everyone knows that he is not it. Baker finished 8 for 9 for 63 yards and a touchdown. Baker's going to be fine. Baker is going to be a journeyman quarterback for probably another 7 years. It would not shock me if he stays around for that long. Again, I've been saying it for a couple weeks now that Ryan Fitzpatrick role suits him very nicely. Uh, next game up, Packers 36, Bengals 19. Uh, Jordan Love in his pre 2023 preseason debut, uh, he looked pretty nice. He finished 7 for 10 for 46 yards and a touchdown. He did have some good throws. Um, stat line obviously doesn't really say much with those 46 yards, but he looked pretty good. Um, obviously hope to build on that uh, for this coming week. For the Bengals, uh, Dax Hill made an absolute incredible pass breakup. He 
ran across the field. I'm trying to remember what his speed was. He has very good speed. I think he has 4-3 speed. But he basically ran from the other side of the field to break up a really nice Jordan Love ball. Would have been a catch. Um, The Bengals need him to be big this year with uh, them losing both of their safeties in free agency. Dax Hill needs to step up, be that guy for them. Uh, Plays like that, he will be. Uh, next game up, Falcons 19, Dolphins 3. I honestly have nothing for the Falcons. I watched a lot of this game, and no one on the Falcons really stood up for me. They didn't put Heineke or Ritter in. It was all Logan Woodside. He was fine. It was more of the Dolphins just not executing well. They had a pick six. They allowed a punt return touchdown. They went for it four or three times in the red zone on fourth down. Didn't convert any of them. That's why the score was so low. Um, for the Dolphins, though, I'll talk a little bit more about the Dolphins, because it is the Dolphins. Um, our rookies looked very good. Cam Smith looked very good anyways. Uh, he did leave the game. I think he has a bit of a shoulder injury. He is a little banged up now, unfortunately, because we don't need that. But he looked very good. I'm expecting big or promising things from him this year. Uh, our other rookie, Devon A-Chain, um... Again, stat line doesn't show it. I think he only had 10 carries for 25 yards. Obviously, that average is not good, but it's rather he got stopped at the line immediately just because blocks were shed. He had nowhere to go. wasn't really his fault. Uh, every other carry for positive yards, though, I think he broke a tackle on every play, and it seemed like he was getting consistently five-yard carries. I know he has that burst where if he sees a hole, he's going to be gone. Just did not see it in that game. And... Sophomore player player Eric Azukama just get the ball in his hands, man. Uh, his yak ability, people wanted to compare him to Debo last year. He was going to be the Debo of our offense with Mike McDaniel. Obviously did not see that last year. But he had two rushes for 52 yards, uh, and he had three catches for 15 yards. I just want to see him more involved, if we're being honest. Uh, next game up, Washington 17, Cleveland 15. Uh, Howell to Dotson had, uh, or Howell had a very nice ball to Jahan Dotson. Uh, Howell obviously making his preseason debut, uh, finished nine for 12, 77 yards and a touchdown. Um, where's Dotson? Dotson. Yeah. He had two catches for 30 yards and a touchdown, but that one highlight play of Dotson's touchdown, very nice play. Um, on the Brown side, DTR. They they got a good one in DTR. I think that he will go in. I think he'll just be their third string. I'll think they'll keep Dobbs as the backup. Mond is done, in my opinion. Uh, DTR, though, finished 9 for 10, 102 yards and a passing touchdown and picked up another 11 yards on the ground rushing. I like DTR. That was a good pick by the Browns. Uh, next game up, Broncos 17, Cardinals 18. I honestly have nothing from this game. I do not care about what happened. I know Russ didn't look the greatest, um, which is fine. It's, it is what it is. Uh, the Cardinals won the game, though, and after the game, the Cardinals Twitter account tweeted out, uh, that man is not real. Obviously, if you've been on the internet, you know... Uh, that viral clip of the lady on the plane who we just found out what her name is. I think it's Tiffany Gomez. Uh, 
but it was that man is not real and then they cut to the back of the plane and it was like a spliced video of russell wilson doing like his workout because obviously that was a big thing last year where russell wilson on that flight over to london was doing high knees and butt kicks up and down the aisle getting that quick workout in annoying all of his teammates but cardinals ended up deleting that tweet which is fucking lame uh not a fan of that uh, next game up, Colts 19, Bills 23. Anthony Richardson made his debut. Uh, had a very bad interception, but obviously you kind of get that with him. He is learning. Other than that one doy-doy of a play, uh, he finished 7 for 12, 67 yards. The arm talent is there. The arm talent is crazy. Some of the throws that he did complete where. It was just pure arm strength. The velocity that comes off that ball uh, is very impressive. He should have had a long touchdown uh, completion to Alec Pierce. Alec Pierce then dropped that ball, but that was a beautiful ball. Richardson, he's got potential. He also just fucking truck-sticked one of the Bills players. Uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. I'm excited to see what he can do in his next preseason game. For the Bills, uh... This was the first game that DeMar Hamlin's clone uh, made an appearance. Uh, He looked pretty good out there. Um, Obviously, the whole clone bit is ridiculous. Obviously, that is DeMar playing out there. It's not his identical twin. It's not the government cloning him to cover up. I don't even know what the fuck that they would be covering up. But uh, it was DeMar Hamlin's first game back, first live-action game back since that Bengals uh, crazy injury. Good for him for getting back out there. Uh, Amazing story. Happy he is back on the field. Next game up. Titans 17, Bears 23. Uh, For the Titans, uh, Will Levis and Malik Willis both look pretty good. They both flashed. They both kind of showed kind of why they're still young developmental players. Uh, Willis finished 16 for 25 for 189 yards and an interception. Levis finished 9 for 14 for 85 yards and an interception. Willis also had 22 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Um, Yeah, I think the Titans should feel fairly comfortable with their QB situation after Tannehill. If Tannehill were to go down, and especially in the future, it seems like they have two young guys with talent it's just whether they hone in that talent or not uh we will see uh for the bears justin fields is the future mvp absolute incredible stat line three for three 129 yards two touchdowns uh (coughs) sorry obviously if you watch that game uh you know that I think Fields' air yards for the day was like negative yards, even though he finished with 129. Uh, Big screen pass to DJ Moore at the start of the game. That was DJ Moore's one and only play, basically. And then uh, another was a dump-off play. Fields kind of extends time in the pocket, dumps it off to, I think it was Khalil Herbert, and Herbert takes it to the house. Um, it is very nice for Justin Fields to have teammates that are helping him out instead of hindering him. Hindering him at this point, he's not the only one who can make plays on that offense, finally. Uh, moving on, we got the Jets 27, Panthers nothing. So, um, obviously we haven't talked about the AFC East in the breakdown, but something I was worried about, which I'm no longer worried about, was their depth on the defensive line. Uh, Will McDonald and Jermaine Johnson have... 
really performed well this preseason, especially Will McDonald in in his two games played, which I mean isn't obviously two games played. So he's played 25 snaps over those two games. He has six pressures and one sack. That is very, very good. Um, obviously, they'll kind of be rotating and Carl Lawson will be starting on that opposite edge, but it looks like the Jets have two good young pieces on edge to build with Quinn and Williams. Um, as for the Panthers, I don't know how you put up nothing in a preseason game, especially since you rolled out the starting off offensive line and they got absolutely embarrassed. Um, again, it is just preseason, but the Jets didn't roll out their starting defensive line. Quinn and Williams wasn't there. Um, Carl Lawson wasn't there. So they were going against kind of like the depth guys, the young rookies. Um, they did not show up. Putting up zero is embarrassing. Bryce Young didn't do much. He looked okay. He took a couple big hits, got back up. Good for him. Uh, next game up, though, Jags 28, Dallas 23. Uh, if you are a avid listener to this podcast, you already know the name Nathan Work. I brought him up when he, when he got signed by the Jags. Um, holy shit, did he perform. Like, one of the best. Uh, I'll just list off his stat line. He was 9 for 17 for 153 yards, one passing touchdown. Also had 20 yards rushing on the ground and a rushing TD himself. Um, I'm sure that everyone's seen it by now, but uh, Rourke drops back in the pocket, immediately gets swarmed by Cowboys defender. He must have, I think he broke three tackles and then has a guy holding on to his legs and then still makes that throw to, let's see if I can figure out who caught that touchdown ball. I'm assuming it wasn't Christian Kirk, so I'm assuming it's Quadri Olsen. Um but yeah, on like one of the best NFL plays. I can't say one of the best NFL plays of all time because it was a meaningless preseason game, but just like if that was Pat Mahomes doing that in a regular season game, that would be like the greatest clip ever. Like obviously it wasn't better than Eli Manning's Super Bowl David Tyree helmet catch, but he broke more tackles than Eli Manning did in that clip. Uh I'm hoping that Rourke can be the backup. I'm hoping that he continues this and maybe gets a starting job or a chance to compete for a starting job next year. Uh, Happy for the Canadian kid. Uh, For the Cowboys, Deuce Vaughn, who was a late-round pick for them, um, he looked really fucking good. He might be, I think he's 5'6", 5'6", 176, but it did not matter. I think he could be the new Darren Sproles. He had eight carries for 50 yards for 6.3 yards per carry. Also finished with a touchdown. Uh, And then he had three catches for six yards on the receiving end. I'm excited to see what Deuce Vaughn can do. Obviously, he won't have a chance to be the starter with Tony Pollard there, but maybe he can get some uh, some backup snaps. I think that the backup position behind Pollard is a little murky, so maybe Deuce Vaughn does become RB2 for the Cowboys. Something to look out for. Um, Eagles 19, Ravens 20. Uh, on the very first play of the game, Jalen Carter, uh, the Eagles stole him. Uh, does a very nice swim move on whoever that Ravens guard was. Uh, forces a pressure immediately to, I'm assuming it was Tyler Huntley, honestly. Wasn't wasn't really watching the game, just kind of saw that clip, and I was like, damn, Jalen Carter, really good. We all knew this, but uh, the rest of the league should not have allowed the Eagles to select him at the 10th overall spot. 
Um, big miss for the league, big ups for the Eagles. On the Ravens' side, the Ravens have now won 24 straight preseason games. It might be 23 straight. I might be getting that wrong. I'm just going to go with 24. Um, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand how I'm trying. I think this goes back to 2015, and they haven't lost the preseason game since then. Absolutely incredible. Don't really get it, but here we are. Uh, Chargers 34, Rams 17. Um, What's his name? I have it written down here. CJ Okoye uh, played in his first organized football game and left with a sack. Um, CJ Okoye, again, I just said, did not play any organized football. Uh, He is... He was a part of, I think I mentioned in the uh, the podcast a couple months ago, a few months ago, that the NFL was sending uh, people to Africa or to do like a talent evaluation kind of setup, camp, combine, like draw on the really raw talent that comes from that continent. Uh, CJ Okoye was one of those players. Um, like a- absolutely crazy story in his first ever game gets a sack that's a very feel good story for the Chargers I hope that we see more of him and more of this and more of the NFL pooling and picking uh just athletes doesn't even have to be like football players so maybe CJ Koye can develop into something uh that's something that we'll have to see on the Rams side Stetson Bennett made his preseason debut going against Max Duggan in SoFi Stadium where they met um, for that national championship game just, I guess that would have been in January Um, went Max Duggan's way this time, Stetson Bennett though finished 17 for 2991 yards and a passing touchdown, he looks like he's going to be the backup behind Matt Stafford which absolutely nuts um Next game up, Chiefs 24, Saints 26. Um, for the Chiefs, Justin Ross continues to make plays. He had two two catches for 29 yards and a touchdown. It was a very nice route on that touchdown. Uh, he did go down in practice today, was carted off. I put that in air quotes. I think he was fine. I just kind of, it's a... It's a minor injury. I think he should be fine for the rest of the season, but something that you definitely do not want to see from him. I'm hoping that he is just absolutely huge. He goes back to that Clemson form. I am ready for it. Um, On the Saints side, anyways, Saints punter Blake Groupie, or Group, um, kicked the game-winning field goal for them and then proceeded to get questioned by security on why he was down in the tunnel, what's he doing there. Uh, For people kind of wondering, like, huh? Like, why? He's 5'7", 156, so he's just a little bit bigger than Bryce Young. Um, But that is a tiny, tiny, tiny man, obviously. So I think they were like, why are you down here before the game? And they were like, why are you down here after the game? Yeah, he's not built like an NFL player. Obviously, he's a kicker for a reason. Kickers aren't really football players. That might be too mean of a shot to kickers, but I said it, and it's too late to take back now. Uh, Yeah, Um, and last game up here, we have San Francisco 7, Raiders 34. Uh, It was Lance versus Sam Darnold for the Niners to see who will be getting that backup QB role. Uh, wasn't a great day for both quarterbacks. The stat line for Trey Lance kind of looks uh, 
Like, he did do okay. He was 10 for 15, 112 yards, and a passing touchdown. That passing touchdown was a complete fluke. Should have been an interception. Went off the defender's hands twice, and then right to Ross Dwelly in the end zone for a touchdown. Uh, he also got sacked four times. I think that the depth on the Niners' offensive line is terrible, and that will not help them. Uh, Sam Darnold finished 5 for 8, 84 yards. Uh, he had a really nice ball down the sidelines to someone. I forget who. Um... But yeah, just a quick Trey Lance stat. Um, Since high school, or in high school, he had 99 pass attempts. In college, he had 318 pass attempts. NFL preseason, he's had 72. NFL regular season attempts, 102. That adds up to 591. That would have made him sixth best or the six most attempts in the league in 2022. I think that puts him behind or just above Trevor Lawrence. I'm trying to remember. Um, Either way, he has 591 pass attempts since high school. High school for him would have been 2018, I think, would have been his final year because I think he was a true freshman uh, for North Dakota State. But either way, 2018, 2017... He only has 591 pass attempts since then. He just needs somewhere where he can just play football because that's what he needs to develop. Uh, It can't be practicing, can't be any of this other stuff. He just needs to go somewhere and play. I keep saying it. Falcons, why not trade a day three pick for Trey Lance right now? I assure you he's better than Desmond Ritter. He at least has way more upside than Ritter. He's better than Heineke. Maybe not a move right now for the Niners to make. They obviously need to see what Brock Purdy is. If Brock Purdy's looking nice, Trey Lance might be a deadline deal. We'll see, though. Um, For the Raiders, Aiden O'Connell, the backup QB for the Raiders, or should be the backup QB, finished 15 for 18 for 141 yards and one passing touchdown. Um, When people were unsure about Jimmy G's health status and Aiden O'Connell could have been the starter heading into week one, uh, people around Raiders camp were okay with that. Um, this kind of shows you why he finished off. It was a very good uh, opening preseason game for the rookie. Uh, something to build off, something to see if maybe the Raiders have found their QB of the future. I don't know. We'll see. Okay, let's get into the NFL weekly update. I feel like I'm missing something up at the top. I don't think I am, though. Um, Dalvin Cook to the Jets. He gets a deal, one-year deal, up to $8.6 million. Um, obviously, with that Rodgers um, pay cut, that frees up the Jets' money. Easy deal for them to make, especially with Brees Hall coming back from his injury. Uh, this allows them to ease Brees back into the lineup. He doesn't have to take the full workload immediately. Um I think smart. I think it's a good move by the Jets. I'm kind of confused, though, because they have Brees Hall. They drafted Michael Carter, who has been productive in his limited snaps. They drafted, again, this is another name I'm going to fuck up, but I think in the fourth round this year, Israel Abanakandi. I think that's right. I'm not looking at a name. I think that's just it off the top of my head. He had a very good preseason game, too. So now they have these four guys where... Brees and Dalvin are going to get the majority of the touches. And then you have a guy like Michael Carter who's coming into his third year now. Maybe that's someone who asks for a trade or asks to be released because it's just kind of... He won't get playing time here. Um, as for the Dolphins, I've been saying, oh, Dalvin Cook, he's going to be a Dolphin. Dalvin Cook wanted to be a Dolphin. We just not... 
we did not want to pay him. We offered him, I think, 4.5 or something like that. Uh, obviously, he went to the Jets. He took that money, rightfully so. Um, I'm okay with our running backs. I've always been okay with our running backs. Mostert, Wilson, very productive backs. I think A-Chain is going to be a game-breaker for us. We just have to see it. And then Gaskin showed out in the preseason like he always does. He'll be our fourth-string back when we still got Salvin Ahmed, who runs a 4-3. We got guys. We got no stars, but we just got a good stable of backs. That's fine with me. If you've seen what the Niners have done with their run game up until they got CMC, it's been a bunch of no ones, and they're just productive. Fine with me. Uh, Zach Martin gets extra money on his deal. Uh, Obviously, he was holding out, looking to get more money, seeing as that he is a future Hall of Famer, one of the best guards in football. He probably still is the best guard in football. But I think he gets an extra $4 million this season and $3 million next year. Uh, good for him. He's definitely owed it. He was on way too good of a deal for the Cowboys. Um, speaking of former Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott signs a one-year up to $6 million deal with the Patriots. Um, it's a decent signing. Like, Obviously, Ramondre is there to be the back. Sucks for fantasy owners of Ramondre Stevenson because Zeke is going to poach those goal line touches because that is all he can do is just run straight at you and run you over because he has put on a little bit of weight. Still a productive back, still solid. Um, Yeah, I just kind of pull... He'll replace what Dame Harris was doing for them. Uh, Yeah. Solid signing, good signing. Zeke is still a fairly productive player for his age at the position, but doesn't move the needle for me in terms of the Pats actually being a better team. Uh, Former first-round pick and Vegas Raiders receiver Henry Ruggs gets 3-10 to years in prison for his uh, DUI that resulted in a crash that resulted in the death of a woman and her dog. Um... It'll probably just be three years based off good behavior, I assume. A little nuts that he can kill a person and only get three years in prison for that, potentially. Um, I don't think this is going to be the last time we hear Henry Ruggs' name. I When he will be out of prison, let's say it is three years, um, I think he'll be 28 or something like that. 27. Um, the Cowboys will give him a call. Don't you worry about that. Uh, next note up, uh, Michael Orr. Michael Orr getting absolutely fucked. If you remember the name Michael Orr, you remember him from maybe his days at Ole Miss as a five-star left tackle. Maybe it was him being on the Ravens, being a part of that Super Bowl winning Ravens team in 2012. But I'm sure that most of you know him for the Sandra Bullock movie, The Blind Side, where... The Tui family uh, adopted him, gave him a home, gave him food and a fresh start so he can excel in his dreams and make a NFL career instead of being thrown to the streets and blah, 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 blah. Um, so essentially the Tui family completely fucked Michael Orr out of any royalties of the Blindside movie. Um, when Michael... Michael Orr thought he was getting adopted by the Tui family. He was actually signing a conservatorship. Uh, If you don't know what that is, 
Britney Spears was under one for a very long time, it basically means that the family or whoever has control of the conservatorship basically controls your money and business decisions and whatnot. So he signed that over for them, thinking that he was getting adopted by this family. And basically all of the money that they got from the Blindside movie, it got split between Leanne Tui, Sean Tui, who are the parents, and then their two kids, SJ. And I'm not going to remember... The sister had a dumb name, but either way. Um, just absolutely fucked. Like, already a bit of a weird situation, the movie, and they definitely played with... I think Michael Lord never really liked the movie, never really liked how he was depicted in it. But uh, for this family to seemingly be the good people and just stealing his money that is his based off his story, um, fuck those people. I hope that they go to prison. Absolutely awful. Um, next note up, Philip Rivers almost came out of retirement for the Niners if they would have made the Super Bowl. Um, obviously, that just would have never happened because there was no way the Niners were winning that game after uh, Brock Purdy was hurt and then Josh Johnson got hurt. They didn't have a chance in hell, but that would have just been very funny. Philip Rivers, one week notice coming into the Super Bowl. Um that yeah, that's all I can say. That that just would have been objectively hilarious. Forty-year-old Philip Rivers trotting out there against the Chiefs, and I don't know. I think that I don't know. I think that the Niners could have definitely given the Chiefs a run for their money uh, with with old Philip Rivers back there. A uh, few more notes before we get to the breakdown. Former Jets and Browns corner Buster Screen arrested in Canada for fraudulently fraudulently. I feel like I'm saying that fraudulently obtaining 100k from banks uh, across Canada. Don't really know how he did it. Um, kind of nuts because Buster Screen was a pretty good player back in his day. Um, but yeah, just went around, uh, went across Canada doing a. Uh, oh, what was the guy from uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character in the movie with Tom Hanks, where he basically frauds a bunch of banks. Um, I hate that I'm blanking on that movie. I really like that movie too. It is what it is. It might come back to me. Uh, he had multiple different names in that movie. DiCaprio's character. Anyways, I'll move on. This is already at 35 minutes. Um, and we still have a two hour episode to get to. Fuck, this is going to be a long one. Uh, Johnny Manziel and uh, Netflix, uh, the untold Netflix documentary of Johnny Manziel. I said that really weird. Um, it came out. Not a lot of new information that we found out from Johnny Manziel, which just kind of didn't go into too much detail uh, is what it is. But a few funny notes from the podcast. He had a fourth stringer take his piss test in college because obviously he would have failed all the drug tests. Um Johnny Manziel's agent asked his dad to fake a heart attack so Johnny could miss the combine drug test. Obviously hilarious. Uh, The iPad that the Cleveland Browns gave him showed that he watched 0.0 hours of film on it. Like, the fact that he didn't even just, like, leave it running and just said that he watched film. He just actively chose not to, did not care, didn't even care to hide it. Very funny. And then the last thing was... 
we were all told that Johnny Menzel came from oil money uh, from his grandfather, and that's why he was able to go on these private planes and be all over the country and blah, 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 blah. Um, that was just a lie. He does have family money, but not that kind of family money. Um, I think it came. It was like boosters from Texas A&M were paying him and paying him under the table, uh, and he got away with it. I don't know how that doesn't come back to bite Texas A&M Texas in the ass right now. Uh, I feel like they should get some sanctions for that, but everything's so fucked with the NCAA right now. Um, so I won't get into that, though. Um, two more notes. George Pickens uh, put out his top five wide receivers. He had Megatron, number one, Randy Moss, number two, Jerry Rice, number three, Julio, number four. That's fine. I think all f- four of those guys you can put into that top five conversation, obviously, Jerry Rice and Randy Moss belong in everyone's top five conversation. Um, his fifth receiver, though, Michael Crabtree. I don't even think Michael Crabtree is a top 100 receiver of all time. Um, just absolutely nuts that he got listed with those four other Hall, future Hall of Famers. Michael Cra- Crabtree, obviously very good at his peak. Hey, he might even be a future Hall of Very Good candidate for this podcast. Um but just objectively funny list from Pickens. Um, and last note up, Teddy Bridgewater is number 50 for the Lions. Disgusting, gross. I can't believe it. Um, coming back from work today, I did read, though, that the only reason he is number 50 is because there's just no numbers available since he signed with them so late. So preseason cuts are going to happen, and then he'll pick a new number. But Teddy Bridgewater in the preseason game coming up will be rocking number 50. Uh Maybe he'll play the defensive side of the ball, be be in there at middle linebacker for them. I don't know. Uh, it's going to be really funny seeing a QB with that number. Okay, this is going to be a long-ass podcast, but let's get to the division preview with Spills and Cam. Okay, division breakdown, division preview time. Uh, AFC, NFC West, and we got two fans of those divisions we got Cameron representing the Niners and Spills obviously wearing that powder blue Bolts jersey fellas how are we doing how are we feeling preseason is literally on right now CJ Stroud just threw a very bad pick uh I'm sure Chu is going nuts in the group chat but how's everyone doing I'm chilling man I've been waiting for week one since Brock Purdy's elbow so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Fair enough. Uh, no, that's fair. Spills, spills. How are we? We're good. Uh, we're refreshed. We're ready. And uh, the, the haters aren't ready for what's about to happen this year. It's uh, it's going to be scary. So, well, I can't wait to get into it. But uh, I, would, okay. I, would, I would hate to be anything but a Chargers fan this year. Okay. Uh, before we get into it, obviously, a couple weeks ago, I put out my QB Kings uh, list. Spills, you have anything to say about that list? Because uh, you were pretty vocal in the group chat there. Yeah, I really just, I, I, don't, I don't know if you took something before the show. Um, I don't know if you were feeling Always. okay. But uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, it just, it's just ridiculous to, to, to vault Herbert almost out of the top 10 at the end of the year. That, it was honestly okay going into the year going into the year fine i can i've seen some people have him at 7 i think get him at 7 i'm not gonna I'm not gonna stress too much about that but it's the fact that you have him moving backwards 
and that he's plateaued already, that is absolutely insane to me. I don't think there's anything that he can do to not be in the top three this year. So we'll we'll watch, we'll see, but uh, I think you're gonna eat your words pretty bad on that one, and uh, it's gonna it's gonna hurt to watch. But um, it's it's sky's the limit with him this year. So. Well, we will talk. uh, Yeah, we will talk about your team very, very shortly. We got an entire NFC. We'll flip a coin. I'll know what people want to hear. They want to hear yellow chargers. Great. So we'll start with the NFC West first. We will. uh, Let's start off with the breakdown. Arizona Cardinals, who finished last in the NFC West, four and thirteen. Everyone knew that they were going to be a bad team. Actually, that's not true. Some people did not. Uh, if you are a ball knower, you knew that Steve Keim, Cliff Kingsbury were not the answer there. Uh, they had talented people on the team, but a lot of that is now gone. Uh, we'll talk about the notable additions to start. They added Kaiser White, Zach Pascal, and... Oh, I should have remembered how to say this guy's name. Uh, Hyalti Frodholt. Sure. Um, notable losses, DeAndre Hopkins, Rodney Hudson, J.J. Watt, Zach Allen, and Byron Murphy. Was not a good offseason for the Cardinals. They knew this, that this was going to be rebuild going into this year. But let's start and talk about the good. Does anything, does anyone have anything good to say about the Cardinals uh, for the 2023 season? I'll let you go first, Rose, because I actually might have a positive spin to put on this. Okay, uh, if I'm going to be completely honest, I have a spreadsheet here with each category. And for the good for the Cardinals, I put nothing. So <laughs> if there's one thing uh. that if I have to find a bright spot, um, maybe just the culture change. I don't know if it was the, that, that toxic with Cliff and maybe uh, Jonathan Gannon can get something going there on a culture side. But other than that, there's really not much to look forward to. Um, I think they'd be very unwise to rush Kyler back. This is a year that you just kind of, you got to throw it away, take the team down to scraps, and then try again next year. Um, so I don't think there's much good to look into. And uh, no. maybe maybe when, when Kyler gets back, I don't know how healthy he is. Maybe him and uh, Hollywood can light it up a little bit there, but there is nothing to look forward to on this team. Um, Yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. Uh, they don't have any real nice pieces on offense. I mean, DJ Humphreys, pretty good left tackle. They drafted Paris Johnson, who's going to be the tackle. Uh, yeah, like, honestly, it's, and I mean, we talked about the new hire with Justin Gannon uh, coming over from the Eagles, their defensive coordinator, and there already has been a culture change where it's just showing up to meetings on time is a new thing for the Cardinals this year, <laughs> which absolutely nuts that that was ever not a thing. Um, I think the only thing I have two more things for good for the Cardinals, cause it's not really involving the roster. Uh, that Texans trade that they had in the draft this year, that sets them up very nicely. They did acquire the Texans' first-round pick. I think we're all in the same camp where the Cardinals are going to be picking top five, more than likely. I think it would be an absolute miracle if they don't. Uh, 
So a top five pick from them. The cart or and then the Texans. Again, just talking with Moob, we both think that they're going to be like a decent team, but like still probably top 10 pick. And that could turn into something. They're building right now, which is big for them. Yeah. No. I the biggest thing that is going to come out of Arizona Cardinals, the biggest upside for them is the fact that the USC campus is only about a probably one hour flight from Arizona. And they can mm-hmm. get time watching Mr. Caleb Williams, who is going to be the franchise quarterback next year. And that pains me to say it because I think he's going to be special and I don't want a special quarterback in my division if it's not. not. But I will say this. The Cardinals right now, their on-field product this year is going to be horrible. Like, probably one of the worst in recent. I don't know if you guys saw that clip where the, the practice rep for the quarterback took like 10 minutes to snap the ball and then when he it smacked it off the guy's helmet. It was hilarious. I missed that. It was a good clip. It just looked it, it, it looked like a good sneak peek of what we're gonna get from the Cardinals this year. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's not it's really not looking good. One more good point that I have. Uh obviously Steve Kime loved drafting his super athletic linebackers that didn't have a position in their scheme. So Isaiah Simmons and Zaven Collins are those players. Isaiah Simmons is now gonna be playing safety for them, which I think it's good to just lock him down in one position. This is your position. This is all we need you to do. Uh, Zayvon Collins is going to be coming off the edge, which is more of what he did in college. So hopefully they have a rejuvenation. Like I thought Isaiah Simmons was like one of the best players I've ever seen, like linebacker wise coming out of college. And he's been fine, but he's just, he's been too all over the place. So again, that's not much good to really talk about the Cardinals. So Let's talk about the bad. And other than just kind of saying everything, but it is everything. Like, there's nothing to really be happy about on, especially the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, definitely. Um, the defensive side of the ball is only Buda Baker. And yes. I think he could be motivated because he wants out. So he could be like one of those good trade deadline pieces this year. Um and then I kind of tie it back into like the Cardinals rebuild a little bit. You know, if they can trade Buda Baker, and if they end up with first overall, trade Kyler for another first round pick, that could really jumpstart their rebuild. You know, I, in that sense, their future is bright, but they really got to nail this season as in finishing that last, which means you want everything to be that. Except yeah. for the, you want Jonathan Gannon to build up that culture. No, yeah, 100%. Um, oh, I don't even know where I'm going to go with that. Um, yeah, like they have, they drafted like decently. I like BJ Ojolari out of LSU. He's going to be playing some edge for them out at Will Linebacker. And then again, they drafted Paris Johnson. Okay, here we go. Do we think that Kyler is done with the Cardinals? He won't play this season because he shouldn't because they're going to be going for first overall. And then if you have first overall... Picking one of these quarterbacks, there's no way you go back with Kyler on that contract. No, I think he'll. I think he'll end up playing. I don't think it'll matter because I think even with him, he'll they'll still be that bad. That's but fair. I I think he'll play for a bit, and then it might get to a point where they shut him down again. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him at some point in October. Yeah, even if it's for a brief stint. But no, I could definitely see something like that. Um, but for his own sake, I almost wonder if he doesn't want to come back 
because right now you could probably move him and the team might say, what if? If Kyler mm-hmm. and plays on that team of no numbers with that contract, it's going to be next to impossible to move him. And then he doesn't get that fresh start in the offseason next year. So I'm yeah. his best interest not to come back as well and just make it a clean break. Yeah, I think it's fair. I think the other, like, if he does play, it's like, because I think Kyler's value is probably at an all-time low coming back from injuries. He's had multiple injuries. People kind of see him as, like, an immature, he doesn't take it seriously type of player. And if he comes back for, I don't know, six games at the end of the year and plays decently well with this shit of a roster, could boost up his value a little bit. Uh, I'm just going to keep saying that the Falcons should uh, trade for someone like Kyler after saying they should get Lamar all offseason. They need a quarterback. Okay, let's talk about the floor and ceiling. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Floor, first overall pick. Ceiling, top top three pick. They're bad. This is by far the worst team in the NFL. Uh, I was, I guess, a little nice. I think I gave them a top five pick as the ceiling. Hey, Jenner. God. Uh. Yeah, like, the there's, same there's no chance they win more than four games. Yeah, no. I have no Vegas has their mindset at four. That's the easiest under I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't think they'll win four games. I'd probably take the under at three and a half. I have them actually, because I, I did uh, coming into this, just to make sure I had everything done. I do have them at two and 15. Yeah, no, I mean, I had a hard time finding two wins, but I did it because I didn't want to put the medal in 17. I don't think they're that bad. Um, uh, it's gonna be close this year. Yeah, okay. Uh, we will move on then. We will go to the LA Rams who are coming off that Super Bowl win last season. Um, Season did not go the way that they planned. Lots of injuries piled up. They finished 5-12. and 12. Uh, I said last offseason, hey, the Rams are going to fall off. Rams aren't going to make the playoffs this year, not be a contender. And they were a top five pick, top six. So I was still wrong, but I was more right than most people. Um, okay, we will go straight to the notable losses because, shocker, the Rams and their cap situation didn't add anyone notable this offseason. We're talking about losses. We got Jalen Ramsey, Bobby Wagner, Allen Robinson, Ashawn Robinson, Nick Scott, Taylor Rapp, David Edwards, Leonard Floyd, and OBJ. So, um, this is kind of going, yeah, kind of going to go like the Cardinals here. What do we like about this team? Because I think it can be boiled down to three people, maybe only, maybe four people, but it's Aaron Donald. Cooper Cup, Sean McVay, and maybe Matt Stafford, all depending on how you view him as a quarterback right now. I think healthy Matt Stafford is still a very solid quarterback. But that question is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see about that. But I think the Rams, in their best interest, would start poorly, trade off Cup and Donald, and then hit the reset button. I don't know if they'll be worse than the Cardinals, but still getting some of the trade may would be really good for them. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to start off pretty hot out the gate, considering that they'll be healthy just to begin. Uh, just looking at their schedule at the start of the season, they'll have some fortunate bounces too. I even have them uh, 
taking down Cincinnati in the early portion of the year just because I don't know what Joe Burrow's health is going to be. So I don't know if he'll be available for that game. But I think after I think I had him at a four and two start. Uh, that's just about the point where I think Stafford's going to start breaking down. Cup might break down, and then it's just going to be an absolute avalanche to a six-win season at the most. Um, I think this is going to be the easiest team to fade in the second half of the year. Uh, the injury, they don't have enough depth. Um, I know we're not doing that. We're focusing on the good right now, not the bad. But uh, they do have, look, they, they still have enough talent to be productive. And again, McVay's a good coach. They can, they can put up points. But as soon as they start losing any of their significant players to injuries, it, they it, there's nothing there. Um, they're trying to hype up Stetson Bennett, but again, I don't think he'll be in any uh, in any position to uh, to keep it to keep it moving forward. Um, Not even close. More, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, it's I, I definitely think they're much better than the Cardinals, and it, they're just I, I don't like their depth at all, and they're, they're going to cap out at about seven wins at the most. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I'm right there with you. I'm I've been looking at their uh team win under because I think it's set at seven and a half right now, which I think is a little insane given what this defense really looks like. Cause the offense relatively looks the same. It's just Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, and the rest is just fine pieces. The offense does suck. Uh, and I guess we can talk about that in the bad, but I got to focus on this defense because it is Aaron Donald and a bunch of guys I have never heard of before. Like it, it is not good. It is very bad. Like when you got guys like Robert Rochelle and Russ yeast and Bobby Brown, the third, like who are these guys? And they are starting, starting for the Rams and the depth doesn't get much better after that too. They are fielding XFL starters other than Aaron Donald, the future. Hall of Famer. It is not going to be good. They're going to let up 30 points a game. And I don't really understand how I mean what is he going to play? He wants to retire as a Ram. I think he's going to just finish this last year here but if I were him I'd want to go out with a bang and at least go somewhere where he can try and do something. So I know Cam suggested he might want to sell him off. I don't know if uh what what is no trade clause or what what that situation is there? But I'd be looking to get out of town as soon as possible because it's not going to be uh, pretty in the second half of the season, and no. he might go he might go outside. It really depends on like where he's at in life too. Because I mean, at the same time, Aaron Donald has nothing left to prove. If he's comfortable just riding out this year in LA and retiring, that's totally his right to do so. But it will definitely hurt the team not getting. Because I think, you know, Aaron Donald for one year, you might even be able to convince somebody to give you a late first-round picture just off the name value alone. Do we remember what Von Miller got traded for? Uh, It was a second and like a fourth or something. Yeah. I even think think that's (laughs) doable for Donald. Yeah. Uh, That would be starting if I were to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we all we all agree that the defense is probably going to be bottom bottom five in the league, probably. And the only reason why they're not first is Aaron Donald. Um, 
we talked about Matt Stafford and what Matt Stafford can do when he is healthy, but I don't think his elbow has really gotten any better. It was nagging him all training camp and it was bugging him. And I just, I don't think injuries like that really get better when you're a 38 year old quarterback. I don't know how old he is. That sounds kind of right. He is old, but I just think, yeah, like I think health is kind of what's killed this team. And I only think they have only four real talents on the team and everyone else is replaceable at best. Um, I don't think it's going to be a good year for the Rams. I don't know if you guys have them a little bit on the higher end, but no, I don't think there's, yeah, I don't think there's any more really bad we can talk about. I feel like we've talked about most of it. Um, the only real benefit thing that works on their benefit is the NFC is pretty weak overall. Yeah. So that's... By default, they might be not bottom of that if they mm-hmm. can together some games. Like we still said, if they start four and two, you know. That's a pretty hot start for the NFC, and that would be a race for them to lose to the bottom anymore. Mm-hmm. But old, like big picture, this is not a good team, and Sean McVay's even needs to realize that sooner. Than later. Yeah, yeah. yeah so for the Go swing spell. of for the swing of outcomes here, just because the NFC is trash, um, I think their ceiling is really honestly, if they if all the stars align and they stay healthy and no one gets hurt and everything goes well, they can be a wild card team. I would not be shocked to see them at a nine-ish win wild card team in a really a bad take. NFC. But their floor is easily a uh, top five pick. And I think it's that wide of a range of outcomes where it's either all gonna be perfect. And if it's not perfect, it's gonna be a disaster. There's no in between. So um, that's that's kind of where I'm at, and then I, I mapped them at six and eleven for final finish there. So, yeah, same ballpark. Well, spills right now on FanDuel, uh, not a sponsor, obviously, but uh, you can bet the Rams plus two ninety to make the playoffs if that is something that intrigues you. I have um, no, no interest in that wager at this time. No, I don't know why you would. But um, yeah, my floor slash ceiling from them, I'm being very hard. I think, again, if the wheels fall off, if Matt Stafford is just hurt, if Cup, again, like after that, after Stafford, it's Brett Rippon and Stetson Bennett, like it won't break. Um, I have top three as their floor. I think they are that bad. I think they have the potential to be that bad. Um their ceiling, though, I still think they're going to be picking in the top 10 at the end of the day. And I think this is a weird year NFL-wise because I think picking top 10 doesn't mean you're necessarily a bad team. Like, I think picking in the top 10 this year, you could still get seven wins. I think there are a lot of good teams in the NFL this year. There's which, a- yeah. So, a lot of, like, that's the thing. Like, I don't even with, like, playoffs when we're saying, like, oh, you got to get 11 wins to make it into the AFC. It could just be everyone beats up on each other and like the wild card teams make it in with nine. Would not shock me, but I think the Rams are going to be picking in the top 10 this year. We'll talk about that more later, but I think that's more likely than not what's going to happen in the AFC is Hmm. everyone has these expectations that you're going to have to win all these games to get in. And it's not going to be like that because you you got 10, 11 contenders, I think, to try and make the playoffs that are all just going to chop away at each other. And naturally that number is going to come down. Yeah, like we said, we said the same thing last year, and didn't the seventh seed in the AFC do with like nine in the AFC? Uh, yeah, the Dolphins. No, were the Dolphins ten and seven or nine and eight? I think they were nine, nine and eight. eight, nine and eight. Yeah, yeah, there you go. exactly. So just weekend. 
<sighs> okay, uh, we Let's shall keep it new. What? Let's get to these good teams. There we go. Um, oh, one last note for the Rams. They also signed John Johnson. I'm assuming he's going to start at them for safety because Who else would Russ start on East and Kobe Durant are not starting. What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Seattle Seahawks time. Uh, last offseason was I was predicting the downfall of the Seahawks. It's the end of Pete Carroll. It's the end of John Schneider. They fucking shoved me a good one. Uh, unreal draft class. Chino Smith resurrected his career. Uh, squeaked into the playoffs at 9-8, and eight, um, and they got a lot better this offseason, guys. Uh, notable additions from them. Draymond Jones, Julian Love, Bobby Wagner is back for them. Jaron Reed and Devin Bush. Notable losses. They lost the small man, Puna Ford. The, I don't know, I think he's like a 5'10 nose tackle. Uh, good for him. But let's talk about the good. Let's talk about what is good with this Seattle team. And I think that we should just start with the offense because find me the weak spot on the offense right now. You really can't. It I is, can, I can, and I can. And Geno Smith. It has to be Geno Smith. No one's, <laughs> no one's seriously buying this, right? So I, I was going to pause you right at the start when uh, Cam said, yeah. "Let's get to the good teams." There's only one good team in this division, and I'm going to get. Th- this is going to hurt because this is going to backfire. But uh, there, there's just no chance that Geno Smith r- repeats what happened last year. It's impossible. It's not going to happen, and he's going to be an issue. They have a lot of talent. They have a good coach, and like you said, they added a ton of good pieces. They had a good offseason. They'll probably make the playoffs because the NFC is really weak. This is not a good team, and don't get fooled by whatever record they finish with. It will just be in spite of the conference being very weak, uh, and they – I still think their maximum is a 10-win team with everything that they had. An absolute maximum 10 wins. I think it's going to be lower than that because I think Gino is going to sell the bag and get back to his old habits. Like, to me, Gino would have to fall off an absolute cliff again to for this team to not be competitive. Oh, we're or getting like a not fumble be, this year. Yeah. <laughs> we are getting a butt fumble out of Gino. Even yeah, fuck. Um, yeah, I mean, like Gino Smith is the one question you could bring up for the Seahawks because I mean, you look at the running backs: Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet. Both, I mean, Kenneth Walker was phenomenal last year. I like Zach Charbonnet coming out of UCLA. Uh, Kenny McIntosh is getting some reps for them. Uh, the running back out of Georgia. Their wide receiving trio is one of the best in the league, even though JSN has not played a snap yet. I think we're all in agreement that this trio is nuts. Noah Fant, a tight end, still a name. The offensive line is better. Like The offense is good. The offense is very good. My big thing with the Seahawks is it's like they're a very solid team. But they don't really have like those game breaking superstars that you need. Like DK is the closest thing to it, but like I don't know, DK is not even close to my top ten wide receivers. No. So it's like okay, you're selling points like what a guy who's the fifteen to twentieth best wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong, they have their depth is good, and they've got some really good young pieces that have potential. But 
a lot of times to win in the NFL, you need those game breakers. And I just mm-hmm. don't see that from them. That being said, I still think they're very clear the second best team in this division. And I would say probably still a top five team in the NFC just by default in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Like this team would win the NFC South easily. Oh, and yeah. By a mile. So it's like it's really the only teams ahead of them that I can confidently say I'm like, they will be better are the Niners, Cowboys, Eagles. Yeah. I think that's fair. I don't know. That's just kind of where I'm at with them. Uh, I think they'll probably be kind of like I expect the Vikings to be this year, where they're going to be a solid team that can win some big games, but they're not going to seal the deal when it comes down to it in the playoffs. Yeah. I think that's all fair, and uh, I don't know if this is going to be a hot take, because as much as I love their offense, I think their defense is the much better unit on this team. Like, I look at that secondary and I look at the potential anyways with... Also, I don't, like, I'm on ESPN right now just looking at the depth chart, and they have uh, Tariq Woolen just listed as Reek Woolen. I don't know if that was a name change that happened at some point, but... How about on the score, too? Oh, yeah, so... That he, he instantly loses all, all, all of his uh, his swag if his name went to Recool, and that's that's not you, it. You can't be you can't be a, like an NFL any sport and just have your first name be Reek. You open yourself up to so much fucking criticism and humiliation. Part of the Recool. Um. Yeah, that's fine. They have a lot of talent all over, and they got names. They got names. Uh, but. I don't know. I think they overachieved last year. We'll see. Not, I don't go Cam. They're not a threat. That's kind of they're a very solid the pack team. That's kind of it. They're gonna be you can't take that game off on your schedule, but they're not a contender. Like for me, <laughs> where I'm reading off their season, I think that there's going to be at least at least two teams in the NFC North that are better than Seattle. And this will automatically end their season because they're not beating the Eagles and they're not beating the Niners and they're not beating the Cowboys. So that's it. They're done right out the gate. Uh, I don't know where they're going to finish either six or seven, but uh, yeah, the, the NFC North is where you want to put your, your money this year. And I I missed that. Uh, Did you do the North yet? Yeah, that was the first one I did, and the audio was absolute shit. Because I don't know why. And yeah, no, no, no. Was... You called me out for that one. That was crazy. That I, <laughs> I was not even here. You said I bailed last minute. I was, I was never available to be there. It was, Ch- it was Chips who couldn't make it. I, I remember that one. Yeah, you called me out. I didn't like that. I feel like I call you out every episode. I mean, I if know. you haven't listened to yesterday's episode, public move enemy, the... public enemy number one. <laughs> um yeah um and i'll just talk about one more thing for the good I, I think them bringing back bobby wagner is a home run move i think we can all agree bobby wagner has lost a step he's not the linebacker he used to be he, how, however for this team he's only a year removed from being out of that locker room he is still going to be a leader coming back and he, he's still a fucking hell of a run stopper he mm-hmm. can't cover for shit now, but he can he can plug the holes. He can thump in, in oh my god, thump in the trenches. But yeah, I think that's that is it's a big 
big low key signing for them for at least the aura of the defense. Sure. Yeah, sure. That's it. <laughs> I don't know. He, he, I end up for me. Like, yes, I understand the culture and the like impact he has on the team, but yeah, I don't know. He looked like shit on the Rams, and now he's another year older. Yeah. Fair enough. If all they need him to do is stop the run, I think he will be okay. Um, let's talk about bad, because the only thing I have listed for bad is can Geno Smith do it again? And I feel like we've covered that. So unless anything else has any glaring weaknesses for the Seattle, we can just go to floor and ceiling them. I put defensive regression. I kind of spoke about that before. I think they just yeah. overachieved defensively last year. Um so again, we'll see. They did add they did add some notable pieces, but I don't know. Just uh, I don't have a good feeling about them this year. And then again, Gino, I put Gino fraud. So <laughs> I feel like that's, that's a little that's... disrespectful. And uh, hope hopefully he shuts me up because I'd like to see him do well. I just don't believe it. Yeah, he is the excellence. If he yeah. is what he was, there'll be a. If he's not. They get another. Oh, absolutely. If he's if he's even just relative to what he was last year, they'll just by default win 10 games. Yep. They just need a game manager. That's all they need. They just need right. him to go out there and do exactly what, what he did last year, maybe to a bit of a lesser extent. Uh floor and ceiling, though. I have the same thing because I don't see how this Seahawks roster in the NFC just doesn't make the playoffs. I think their floor is the playoffs. I think their ceiling is the playoffs. I don't think that they move really past. They might win a wild card game, maybe, depending on who they get. If they get fucking... If they uh, can draw the five seed, they'll have a chance, but... Or, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, I... Where it's like, yeah. I don't think there's a big gap between their floor and ceiling. You know, like I have their ceiling at like 10, 11 wins, and I have the like I said, so, so yeah. my my record, I have them. I, I want to review it because I think I was a little too harsh on the first go. I have them at seven and ten. I don't believe that. That's a little low, just based on everything <laughs> I said. I need to find some spots to like get them a win or two because they just there's no way. <sighs> Gino, what if he gets hurt? What's Drew Locke gonna do? I mean, fuck spills. We can say what if any QB gets hurt, their season's done. No, like, there's some teams that have good hey. backups in place, but <laughs> true is a wild card. Oh, true, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're going to talk about your quarterback situation in a second here, buddy. So, nah, I was going to say, I'm talking just, about you, your medical staff, and they're all of their fucking mistreatments. What do you mean, me? Yeah, the Chargers. Are you kidding me? But he played with a broken rib last about year. Injuries. He got he an automatic five. Toughest, toughest about player in the NFL. Year. Toughest player in the NFL. Fucking hell, man. Uh, okay, uh, let's move on to Cameron's team here. 13-4 and four season. Um, going into last year, I was at yeah, Trey Lance, and then he played that one rainy monsoon game in Chicago, and that was it. Jimmy G came in and did Jimmy G things, played just fine. And out of fucking nowhere, here comes Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft, Brock Purdy. Went on an absolute run. Like, I think the only thing that we can probably compare it to is that Nick Foles run when they went on to win the Super Bowl. Like, 
out of nowhere, he played excellent. Um, and then it just all ended in that NFC championship game with that injury. He is apparently fully healthy now taking the first team reps in camp. So let's talk about the notable additions. Uh, they got one of the bigger, bigger names in free agency, uh, Sam Darnold. Um, also Javon Hargrave, Isaiah Oliver, and Clellan Farrell. Uh, the losses, they have lost Jimmy G, Mike McGlinchey, Charles Amenahue, Samson, Ebukam, Jimmy Ward, Emmanuel Mosley, and Aziz Alshair. Uh, did you also lose Daniel Brunskill? Did I just not write that down? No, I think he's on, no, he's on the Titans now. I, I know that for a fact. Okay. Okay. Why'd you ask? Um, <laughs> huh? Why'd you ask? Because I didn't have it written down, and I wanted to see if Cameron knew off the top of his head, but yeah, I should have just went with it. Uh, yeah, no, he is not on the depth chart. Okay, so let's talk about the good for the Niners, because, I mean, That'll you guys be- have one of the... That's going to be an hour-long podcast on its own. Yeah, fuck. There's, yeah, I mean, the weapons are the best in the league. I don't know if anyone can really refute that or have another claim of who can take that mantle when you're talking about running backs, tight ends, wide receivers. Bengals are in the same category, but I would take ours. But anyways. Yeah. I mean, when you're talking about CMC versus uh, Swift and Rashad Penny, I mean, the rest is close relatively, but yeah, I don't know, Cameron, let's, I'll, I'll let you just talk about the Niners. What do you what do you like about them this year? What's what's the good? Go go nuts and then I'll humble you. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I personally, I'm, I'm sure this is going to come across as this, but I think we're if you take out the quarterback, it's the best roster in football. And I don't think re, top to bottom, there's not too many teams. Every unit has like a star player which is what I'm very excited about. Um, obviously, the quarterback is the big question. And, you know, can Purdy do it again? But my defense to that would be it's that we just saw what, you know, three quarterbacks that are not established did last year, brought it to 13 and four. And I don't think this group is really any different, you know, in terms of caliber overall. You know, mm-hmm. Jim G, Sam Darnold, or whatever, Trey Lance is, the what if factor and Brock Purdy's Brock Purdy. He's going to start week one and then we'll go from there. It's one of those weird situations where the NFL is such a QB driven league, but this roster is so good that it almost doesn't. So we'll see. I, you know, I'm very excited for this year. Um, we'll probably talk about a lot of the individual players when we get to the uh, awards and the uh, that kind of stuff later. So I'll save most of that kind of stuff. And, you know, at the end of the day, I have not seen Brock Purdy play a bad NFL game. So, yeah, that's, that's very fair. I don't think he played well in the NFC Championship game. Well, he was throwing left hand. <laughs> Fuck, man. Uh, okay, the Niners are going to be very good. Uh, they have all the talent in the world. They have good coaching. Um, they again just need to stay healthy. I don't trust their depth too much. Um, they they do have really good star power on the starting lineup, but uh, if they lose any of their top guys, it could go downhill very quickly. Um, again, you were pretty honest. Brock Purdy, 
he hasn't he hasn't played a poor game, and there's no reason to expect that uh, he is just going to be playing poor games all of a sudden because we haven't seen it yet. So I don't know, maybe just a perfect match for the system. Um, Sam Donald, I don't know what they can get out of him if they need him in a pinch. Yeah. Uh, he did have some flashes last year in mm-hmm. Carolina. Um, I don't know how good the flashes were, but they were flashes. Um, but again, on a team like the Niners, you don't need to be a superstar. You just need to be competent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm so happy we have um, shut down our Dynasty League because uh, Trey Lance, what a pick over Trevor Lawrence. That... Uh, I I've never I, I'm just shocked. He he is an absolute disaster. He can't even hit his coaches in the hands with a pass. Uh, I don't know what happened to him, but just was never going to pan out. I don't think anyone can save him at this point. You know where I, you know where I think would be a really fun spot for Trey Lance to end up Atlanta, Atlanta. Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, just get any mobile can be back there. It's game over for everyone in the league. God. Yeah, he has to learn how to throw, but I don't know. You have some big guys yeah. over there. Um, but at the end of the day, Trey Lance is like 23, 24 years old. Yeah. Like, he still has, like, he's younger than some of these guys that are getting drafted and he's going into year three in the NFL. Yeah. Obviously, you still got to develop, but I'm just saying, I could very easily see a scenario where, say, Brock Purdy goes out this year and dominates again. And then maybe not like a fucking undefeated season. I'm not saying that, but like just gets you to like an 11, 12 win consistently. Trey Lance will be coming. That's fine. Or traded if somebody's willing to give us something for it. Mm-hmm. I could be a situation where he has a redemption because I also don't think he's been given enough of an opportunity in San Francisco to develop mm-hmm. at the end of the level. You need to pull guys like that into the fire, kind of like what the Colts are doing with Richardson, what the Bills did with Josh Allen and hope that they develop. If it doesn't, you cut them after two, three years, and you move on. But I don't – Lance has not gotten that opportunity. You can debate whether he's earned that opportunity or not. But for a guy that young, he needs reps. And I just think it was a really poor timing for him to land in a team that's getting older and wants to win now because they don't have the patience for the – So, yeah, we'll see. Um, i a Trey Lance fan, but – if he's not the best quarterback on the roster, he should not be in the game at this point because polar bust. Hundred percent. I hope he does get that shot somewhere because I just think it would just. I just want to see him on the field. I want to see him actually play football because we have not seen that. Um, so we've been talking about the Niners for a while. We haven't even talked about the uh, defense and how you guys have arguably improved your front seven somehow. Uh yeah. Javon Hargrave was the massive addition this year. So you're going to have Hargrave, Armstead, and Nick Bosa as the big three, and then Drake Jackson, McClellan Farrell off the other edge. I saw a tweet just before coming in here that Clellan Farrell has looked much better than Drake Jackson. And if that's the case, I don't know who your defensive line coach is, but that man deserves a raise. Um, dominating the, like, development for defensive linemen for so long like look at the last couple of years he's the lineman that came out of san francisco and got that big contract you're carrying you guys yeah. here samson ebukov the big deal because he was coming here like these mm. guys 
he Chris Korachek is his name. He's a beast. I would be surprised in a year or two if the Jets defensive coordinator touches, you know. Who knows if uh, I'm drawing a blank on our DC's name right now, but uh, thank you. If he moves on in a year or two, I wouldn't be surprised to see Korachek get a real serious look at our own internal coordinator. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's mm-hmm. a beast. Um, and one name you, forget, you didn't even say yet, and he's kind of another guy who hasn't had the best health luck in the NFL, but he's got all the tools to be a monster is Javon Kinlaw. And they're saying he's healthy again at camp. Whether he'll make it out of September healthy hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as of right now, he's healthy and the physical tools are everything you want out of a defensive tackle. So, yeah. No, I, it's the best defense in the league. Last year. I, I, I can guarantee you, this is my uh, another funny guarantee in the chat the other day. Um, I'm going to guarantee that they won't be a top five defense this year. Ooh. Where's the drop off? D'Amico Ryans. Yeah, but Steve Wilkes is a very accomplished defensive coordinator. Not moved. I'm not. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> bring it in that's done, done well. And if anything, the one thing I'm excited about is Steve Wilkes has been a secondary guy his whole life. And that's always been the complaint about the match. I think the front seven has enough talent that you don't need somebody that specializes there. And then you have your defensive coordinator specializing in weakness. Yeah. That's a good take. That's a good take because uh, yeah. I definitely think uh, people were trying to put Halfunga in. in and Derwin James in the same category last year, and I had an issue with that. Um, was Hufanga not an all-pro, though? He was. Oh, he, oh, he was. And yeah. for whatever reason... Derwin, I, Derwin, not fair. I will I will be honest, as a Niners fan, he had a really hot start. His second half probably should have dropped him out of that all-pro conversation. But he's a lot of fun, and he hits real hard. So it's fun. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Um, let's talk about the bat a little bit. I think we've kind of covered it because I think it's really, it's the QB situation. It's kind of what we were talking about with Seattle with Geno Smith is, do we believe the guy who was the last pick in the NFL draft is that, that guy essentially? Mm -hmm. Um, I think we all believe that he's probably not what we saw last year because last year was fucking incredible. But it's probably close to that. He's probably around a little bit less than what he was last year, which is still a good quarterback in this league. And when you're the Niners, you just need average quarterback play to be the number one team in the NFL, which is fucking insane. He points off his QB rating and still have a 95. <laughs> yeah, I think is I think their floor is he he's just Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's a 12 yeah, piece yeah, by default. And so, that's, that's yeah, like when we get to the, the floor piece, like their floor is a division winner. I don't think there's yeah. anything that can happen regardless of who plays quarterback. The team is just simply too talented mm-hmm. to whether it's Sam Darnold, whether it's Purdy. I don't know about Trey Lance, but let's let's avoid that. But even if it's one mm-hmm. of those two, I think there's nothing they can do to have less than 12 wins this year. Yeah. yeah, I think that is very fair. A uh, couple last pieces for bad. I literally put, I should say the secondary because I won't because it doesn't matter every year. It doesn't matter who you guys have back in that secondary. The front seven is too good and gets too much pressure that doesn't matter. 
And your offensive line, other than Trent Williams, is yeah, yeah. So that's my outside of quarterback. That's my biggest concern. Can either of you name the right tackle? Uh, Colton McKivitz. There you go. <laughs> I'm Spills, would you have gotten that? Who? I got the death. <laughs> I'm all good. Exactly. It was like a day three pick. It was just been developed. Yeah. That's my biggest concern, honestly, is if he can replace what Mike McGlinchey was. I had the run game. It's not not hard to replace what Mike McGlinchey is in the pass protection game. He was below average, but in the yeah. run game, it was the league. And that's where I'm concerned. But at the same time, I said the same thing when our center retired a couple of years ago, and it was Jake Brendel coming in, and he just got a four-year deal. So I trust Kyle Shanahan's judgment on that. Yeah. Okay, floor and ceiling. Spills, you already said that this team's floor is the division win. I have the same thing. Their floor is they're a playoff team regardless of what happens at quarterback for them. Like, I think playoff team, Brock Purdy's healthy, obviously. They're a playoff team if Trey Lance is the starter. They're a playoff team if Sam Darnold's the starter. Uh, does not matter. And obviously, their ceiling Super Bowl champions, because when you have this good of a roster, this good of a defense, uh, should be easy Super Bowl champs. I put them at Super Bowl. I didn't put champ in. I did Ooh. put champs for some other teams in this call. I just think the I the, top end, the top end teams in the AFC, mm-hmm. uh, and actually, no, forget yep. the AFC stinks. Everyone in the AFC is useless. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I know, Cam. I don't know. I don't know if you've uh, heard about our chat too much, but uh, anytime I say something slightly good about any AFC team, I get attacked for uh, being a, a fan and supporter of the AFC. So I just have to complete bash. It. He's Rob Lowe with the NFL hat. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> yeah, so I have to be careful with what I say. But no, with all, uh, in all in all seriousness, I just think that the top end talent in the AFC is just. Is no, just I, better than, than the, where the Niners are. So I think they can get out of the NFC, but I think that's the cap. I don't know if yeah. they have what it takes to, to take down the top uh, tier AFC mm-hmm. teams. But. At, at this point in the season, I think that's a fair take. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that Brock Purdy's going to play Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or whoever in the Super Bowl. But, and the, the other thing is, too, we've never seen a team built the Niners where the quarterback doesn't matter. Maybe that Eagles team, but even then that Eagles team was loaded and Foles played five good games. You know what I mean? Like it's not a season where you started training camp with a question mark at quarterback and you went all the way. But if there was a team to do it. There's the team. Yeah. 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 Okay, let's move on to some division awards here. Uh, We'll do breakout, offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, offensive player of the year, defensive player, MVP, and division winner. Breakout. Did I not say breakout when I sent that text? You did not, but I have one. It's all good. I'm on my toes. (laughs) There you go. Um, I'll start off with breakout and I will give Isaiah Simmons another shout out, kind of already talked about him. He is moving into another role. I still think he is extremely talented. Uh, and I think he's going to shine in this role. So Isaiah Simmons is going to be my breakout player. Division. Uh, spills you go. Um, I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk. Um, I think he's going to 
get um fourteen hundred yards receiving and twelve Ooh. plus touchdowns. Damn, he clearly established himself as the one on this team. I know who you're targeting in fantasy. <laughs> yep. No comments this time. <laughs> I can't break up player. Well, Spills are still my top name on my list because I think, like Spills said, he's going to go off this year. I think Ayuk is going to be so good that they're going to—he's going to make Debo a captain casualty next year. So we'll see where exactly. that goes. Well, he's got to get paid too. That's the big thing. And I don't yeah. think he's five million dollar receivers on the team. So yeah. I think Debo's on next year because Ayuk's going to go off. Uh, my second name I wrote here. This one's more of a kind of by default, and it's kind of along the same lines you were thinking, Jason. But I've got David Collins here, and for the sole reason that I think that. Cardinals defense, our offense is going to be so bad that Zayvon Collins is going to be on the field 75% of the game and he's going to be getting 15 tackles a game. Yeah. So I think he could be just on a raw numbers point of view, he could get a nice contract next year because he's going to play a lot this year. Definitely, definitely. Uh, one more quick thing. There. I'm sure in fantasy we're also going to get some random wide receiver or running back on the Rams or Cardinals just purely because the opportunity is there. The reps are there and somebody's got to catch the ball in those teams. So. See, I have a name on the Rams that I have been holding onto and I'm not telling anyone this player's name because why would I do that with the fantasy drafts right around the corner? But I got my guy up here. Um, offensive rookie of the year. I'm going to Seattle, and uh, obviously Jackson Smith and Jigba is the name that sh- everyone should have here for offensive rookie of the year for this division. Uh, I didn't pick him just because I wanted to be different. I'm going to go with Zach Charbonnet. I think that he will split that backfield fairly evenly with Kenneth Walker. Uh, I just think he's a hell of a running back. I really liked him out of UCLA, so I just didn't want to give the Jackson Smith and Jigba pick. So Zach Zach Charbonnet is getting the nod here. You can make that pick. Pick spills. Go for it. Um, I went with JSN. I think uh, he'll clearly establish himself as the number one receiver at the end of this season. Um, I think just talent-wise, he's got – everything you could possibly want in a, in a wide receiver one. Um, the, I've never, again, someone said it at the start of the show, I, I won't get the DK hype. Um, anyone yeah. who has him relatively close to their top 10, just, I, I don't understand. He not a ball knower. No, he doesn't move me. And then Tyler Lockett for whatever reason, it's, it's always the year that he's going to fall off a cliff and, uh, to, to to pair with my Seattle falling off a cliff take, uh, I think Tyler Lockett's just. I'm not not, not no. I'm gonna say that comment that that could have been bad, um, but uh, yeah, I, I think uh, that that's it for Tyler Lockett this year. He's gonna start his decline. So, um, JSN number one receiver on the Seahawks. There we go. Yeah. Hey Cam, you're obviously going with someone different here. Well, I was just gonna. Uh, tail on to that and say obviously Jason obvious pick in this division um, my only concern and probably what will stop me from taking him as like an overall offensive rookie of the year future is going to be that there is a lot of competition for touches especially early in the year Yeah. so it's, you know there's other guys that are out there that are going to have more look 
looks from their quarterbacks. That being said, I do agree that by the end of the year, he will be the number one option there and will be a monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know what? I bet against this guy the last two years, Jason. I'm not doing it again. Matthew Stafford is getting hurt in September. And <laughs> as quarterback playing 10 plus games for the LA Rams. <sighs> and quarterback bias will get him bored. That that would that would be absolutely insane. Fuck. I saw everyone it. thought he was gonna be an accountant fucking starting NFL quarterback. There were better than Brett Ripon at camp. So Yeah. I mean that that should not be hard to do. I no. I would hope that Stetson Bennett would be better than Brett Ripon. And Stetson Bennett game managed his way to two straight national championships. Yeah. Can and Sean McVay's system. We'll see. Can I chuck in a quick stat? Saw this on uh, Twitter the other day, and I, I fell oh, off my couch. Uh, so the other day, the Rams signed Sony Michelle, yeah, uh, who has played for five seasons in the NFL, has won two Super Bowl rings, and just retired actually a week after signing with the Rams, who was also on the same 2017 Georgia team as Stetson Bennett. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's insane. That makes no sense. That makes absolutely no sense. Oh, God damn it. Okay. Well, a living wonder. Fuck. He, he, he really is. That man made the most of his opportunity. God damn. Uh, we'll keep going. Defensive rookie of the year. I am staying in Seattle. I am going with the corner that we did not talk about. That is Devon Witherspoon. Uh, him just being the second corner on that defense is instantly an upgrade for him. People will not be throwing at Reek. They will be throwing at Witherspoon early. Uh, I think he's just going to work out really well for him. I think with that safety tandem they have behind him, I know Adams is still hurt right now. Quandre Diggs is unreal, and they did bring in Julian Love. They got a good secondary. Witherspoon will have all the help that he needs. Him and Reek play very different. Uh, they approach the corner position very differently. I think that their styles match up well together. So Witherspoon gets defensive rookie of the year. Yeah. That's the obvious choice in the division again. Yeah. Not my choice. No? No, I spiced it up because uh, primarily because I didn't want to be taking the front runner. But uh, going into the draft process, I was a big fan of Garrett Williams, uh, who was a corner who ended up with uh, the Cardinals. I think uh, just because that roster is so bad, um, he'll have a lot of opportunity to uh, perform. And Mm -hmm. uh, just I was thinking he can go out and make some plays. So that's uh, my off-the-board pick for defensive rookie of the NFC West. I like that. Uh, offensive player of the year, CMC. I'm not going to get into it because we all know what that man can do when he is healthy. Yeah. The only one that rivals him in this division is Cooper Cup, and that relies on Matt Stafford being healthy. So, yeah. Spills? Um, so I had Ayuk, but I moved him to a breakout because I figured uh, that made more sense to put him at breakout if we had to have one so if i have to scramble here and pick someone i suppose i'll go um you know what i'll go i'll go i'll go with cam Akers. uh i think 
I think he's going to have a lot of opportunity to get a lot of touches. Uh, he's playing. He's playing in a. He's playing in a contract year. Um, and you know what? In the last couple of games of the year last year, he was playing really good after he came he was, off of his uh, very strange hiatus, or uh, I don't even know what was going on there. But he took some leave of absence from the team, and then he came back, and uh, he was really good. So I don't know if he can parlay that into a strong season, even though they'll be horrendous. Uh, yes. But again, he's playing for a contract, so uh, I don't know if he can go out there and make himself some some money. But uh, I'll, I'll go with Cam Akers. Okay. You know what, Spills? I'll lie to you. That name did not even cross my mind the entire time I was writing my notes about the NFC West. <laughs> Cam Akers. God, man. Yeah. Uh, defensive Player of the Year again, sticking with the Niners. Uh, I'm just going to go with Fred Warner. Because, uh, spoiler, I'm just going to have Nick Bosa as my MVP of the division. So, Fred Warner, Defensive Player of the Year, the best linebacker in football by a country mile, in my mind. Uh, the man's special. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll skip to uh, the MVP as well, because I also have Nick Bosa, who I think will win uh, yeah. Defensive Player of the Year this year. Um, again, just by default, I know that mm-hmm. kind of contradicts when I say that they're not going to be a top five defense, but they're going to have the defensive player of the year. <laughs> I just think Nick Bosa is that good. Um, and did he get his deal yet? Is he going to get his deal? Is he holding out? He's holding it, but the, it's a rookie deal, so they're going to send all his Are they, like he'll play without the extension? No, he'll get a deal. He's they gonna are. get. He's gonna get thirty million a year. We're on he, the same page here. I think uh, John Lynch already kind of said that they're gonna make him the highest paid defensive player. Like I, I'm talking, like four years, one hundred and thirty million or something like that. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. Okay, and I he's worth every penny. Um, and then oh, yeah, I didn't say my defensive player. Um, I don't know. Uh, I could have gone Fred Warner. Uh, everyone else in the Niners defense uh, doesn't move me. Um. Let's boy Jamal Adams. Also, we should probably. Uh, that's bring the last person I would. You know, I'll here. go with it. I'll, I'll give. I'll give Aaron Donald. He says he's in good shape. Uh, maybe yeah. he gets to go somewhere uh, and gets gets freed and can ball out there. I'll go with Aaron Donald. I actually, Perfect. I had that written down that I think Aaron Donald's my non-Niners pick, um, but I don't think he's going to win that award in the NFC West. So. Okay. And division winner, I think we can say it all at once. The San Francisco 49ers are the division winner. That's pretty simple. Okay, let's move over to the AFC now. Hello. Hi. Um, Before we get to the AFC West, I just found out while editing, my the software that I use only allows me to go to two hours. So I am cutting it off here. Um... Yeah, I'm going to release the episodes on the same day, as you could probably see. So just go listen to the next one. I know it's a long one, but it is a very good one. I got to tell the boys to keep moving it on, because we talked about the Niners for way too fucking long. I'm sorry. Um, But yeah, on to the AFC now. (laughs) 